up everybody welcome back to another dad cast i'm your host timmin with my dad hey hey we're both dads doing dad things we got a fun uh deviation from what we typically do um yeah let's see here how, how do we want to talk about this um you you kept asking me to uh, do some training on oh, child <laughs> All right, sorry. I just heard that in like the background. I was like, wait a second, we gotta listen to that for a second. I'm glad you like that because I'm not a really good guitarist. <laughs> okay, all right. Anyways, yes. Um, I yeah, I was like, hey man, how do I train a child? And you're like, I don't know. Mm, I just you, know how. I just want to do the Old Testament stuff. You had five kids. I kind of had guessed, some idea, maybe. I just guessed. So yeah. <laughs> so you asked me to well, several times. Not not only you, but yeah, you do some stuff on well or hey what what do you parenting. what yeah what, what what do i do here how do i do this stuff yeah. and and you you just give principles some high level stuff and uh when we were talking you talked about how you got it from this course that is no longer around um, which you go into mm-hmm. we will talk about that um but you've you've given us a version of it that is a little simplified and a lot more yeah, I would just say it's like the it's like the concentrate, right? You know, that's not all the additional stuff, and um, yeah, it's like a beer kit with a concentrate. Yeah, it's like not a all the other pack stuff. of the Kool Aid. You know what I mean? You can throw a pack <laughs> of the Kool Aid in a pool, yeah, and you won't taste it, or you can throw it in a really small glass, and you'll <laughs> you'll taste it. I mean, that's <laughs> that's yeah, wow, that's good. There you go. Yeah, there's that's good. Yep. Yeah. So it, yeah. So uh, as I point out, this is not like something I study all the time, but I did do an eight week course. Um, and you're going to share with them right now in real time. We're going to do week five tomorrow, tomorrow's Sunday. So, yeah, but, 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 but on wise. the podcast wise, this is week one. So we'll do week one, two, three, four, five, six and eight. Yeah. Because seven is on seven uh, is the perfect chastisement, number. which is not a public thing I'm going to talk about. Yeah. You have to talk to me personally. Sorry. Yeah. Chastisement is a good thing. It's not, yeah. Yeah. It's just, you have to know what you're doing. Right. Right. Yeah. When you talk about tarring and feathering the child, no, I'm joking. Okay. <laughs> yes, we do not do that. No, no. But, um, yeah, when, when we get to that, you'll have to be at that class or you have to come talk to you person to get the mm-hmm. info or we'll hide it behind some paywall. I'm joking. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, you got a sponsor. You don't need any more paywalls. No. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, what when it comes to the podcast, you guys are listening to week one. Like we said, there's going to be seven more released. There's eight total, but seven will be releasing, and it probably won't all be in a row. Boom, boom, boom. But um, I'll try to do it once a month. We'll be releasing that once or twice a month. I'll try to talk them into twice a month. We'll yeah. See. 
And we are not done doing dad cast stuff either. So we might even throw a dad cast in the middle of it. Who knows? Okay. There's stuff I want to talk to you about on air about some things that I'm learning. And I'm sure there's other things you're learning and getting into. And so, uh, yeah. Cool. But this is a little little side side step, and I think it'll be really interesting for people to listen to. Just so you know, listeners, we're going to drop in the audio recording that my dad did at when he talked about it. Uh, it's off your phone. It's just my phone, but it's not a awful. decent recording. It you works. Can hear it. Yep. And the questions are a little bit lower than There is me. half of it is teaching Content. or a third of it's teaching and the rest are questions from mm-hmm. the people and I need to hear them from me of which I can't answer all the questions because I'm like I didn't think about that well, so yep you're yeah. human you yeah go ahead. and you opened your beer already so uh week two we'll I'll open my beer okay. so we'll we'll get to that soon yeah folks yeah stay 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 listening <laughs> um all right okay well yeah here it is uh week one do you have a title for it yes uh the title of the whole course is called aiming for biblical, aiming for biblical families. That's my own title. Uh, week one is authoritarian versus permissive parenting. So, yep. All right, here I'm it is. Yeah, that. that was good. Enjoy. Good, good job. Good mm-hmm. to see you. Bye. Okay, doesn't have to be anything fancy. All right, I got a story for you, Tim and my my kids know that I'm gonna talk about them, so it won't be anything embarrassing. It. By the way, some people are offended when I say kids. Is anybody, I've had that before. They, they want, my, my daughter says, I'm going to call her a kid. So, Wait, why would they be? Um, because technically kid means a baby goat or sheep oh. or something like that. So people actually have like, no, they're children. I mean, so anyways, I, sometimes I revert to kids. I don't need anything by it. So, uh, so anyways, so we bought our first home. This is a Timmons story. Timmons, my oldest. Uh, we bought a, our first home in 1994. It was an old, was probably 150 years old then. And uh, it was our first home. And Timmons was about two, and Hadessa was only a couple of months old. And th- there was a lot of things that we were trying to fix on this house as we're getting into it. And um, I'm on a ladder. It had really tall windows. And I'm on this ladder trying to put curtains up. And so Timmons only about two, you know, and, and he's down at the bottom going, yanking on the curtains, right? And he had probably been doing other things that day um, because, you know, little kids get into stuff. He wasn't rebellious. He was just curious. So there's a difference between rebellion and, and curiousness. So he was probably getting into stuff. And I at that point, I had had it. Right. And so I looked down at him. I yelled at him. And he's heard the story before. And I was like, quit, or whatever I did. It doesn't matter. But his little face melted and he ran away. He was afraid of me. And at that point, I said, God, I can't parent the way my past generations have parented. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this the way it has happened in the past. And I'm not trying to put down my parents, but. Um, and it wasn't long after that that we had an opportunity to go to a parenting class that I get some of this information out of. I get information from different places. But that parenting class um, helped me and my wife, but probably especially me, to begin to understand how to train your children not to be angry. Because when you're angry, you can be very mean. <laughs> you know, it's not training. 
So that was the beginning. Taking that opportunity to go to that parenting class was really good for us. And we took it three times. It was a three or four month course. It was pretty, it's going to be a lot. Well, this is going to be a lot easier. <laughs> that at homework and the whole stuff, you know, whole thing there. So, okay. So, um, I'm going to read. Um, I don't go off the cuff. I just, I prepare stuff. I'm going to read to you, but we can stop at any point and answer questions. But this is an eight-week eight week course, so you might have questions that um, I'll deal with later on. So, And I can tell you after we're done here what some of the future weeks are going to be. So, um, okay, so i got to give you a bunch of, uh, of uh, disclosures here, what we can't do. <laughs> so before we start this parenting series, um, we, I'm talking about me and my wife, want to disclose to you some things. First, we want to lower your expectations. If you're looking for logical or behavioral methods to get a quick fix for problem children, you will be disappointed. And some of you don't have kids, so, um, so that's fine. You don't have problems right now. Uh, you need to think long-term, decades, to see the value of your investment. Your family is worth the investment. Second, you must remember that we are flawed individuals and are still growing as parents. We have made plenty of mistakes. We are not your model, the Lord is. But we want to help you incorporate the things that we've done right and avoid the things we've done wrong. Jesus must be the center of your marriage and your family. He has all the correct answers. We do not. Did I skip something there? No, I didn't. Okay. Third, so there was a first and a second. Third, those of you who are foster um, parents should know that my wife and I have had no experience raising foster kids, and I don't think anybody here is a foster parent. But um, These classes will be helpful, but they will be insufficient for some of the deeper trauma that foster kids have suffered. Basically, they have experienced abandonment. The best you can do is strive to give them a, fa a safe family structure in which they can flourish and heal. Fourth, in the 1990s, we were heavily influenced by a teaching series called Growing Kids God's Way. The teaching we received in this series averted us from making multiple mistakes in parenting. I didn't agree with everything in the curric curriculum, but much of it was very insightful. Unfortunately, that ministry was erased because of alleged financial misdealings. Dr. Dobson, who once headed up Focus on the Family Ministries, was highly critical of growing kids. Dobson, in my opinion, and this is my opinion, sometimes took ideas from secular psychology and whitewashed them with biblical concepts. He also has been accused of inappropriate behavior. I don't know how accurate any of these accusations are, you can still find helpful teaching in both camps. And this relates to what we are going to teach. We want to be helpful, but we are fallible. You must decide what is best for your own family. After all, you're the best candidate for raising your own children. Okay, any questions so far? Okay. Week one, this is what we're... Uh, the big picture of what's going on in our culture. Authoritarian versus permissive parenting. Authoritarian and permissive parenting are two competing models of parenting that will destroy your family. Over the past 40 years, I have seen devout Christian parents operate in both extremes, 
I have received disapproval from parents who said I was too strict. I have received disapproval from parents who said I was not strict enough. Unfortunately, those accusers now have broken families. What I want you to aim for is a biblical model that avoids both extremes. And I'm, by the way, I'm not happy about what's happened to those people that didn't agree with me. So, um, Authoritarian parenting focuses mainly on rules and outward behavior only. The motivation used by parents is fear. In other words, you'll do what I say or else you'll be punished. So the child complies in order to avoid conflict or they are obedient out of fear of reprisal for breaking the rules. This kind of parenting does not teach principles, nor does it elite, uh, um, nor does it, I have the wrong word there, shouldn't be alleviate, uh, elevate. Okay, I'm reading it wrong. It doesn't elevate virtue. The child will be compliant outwardly, but inwardly, inwardly he will yearn for rebellion. One outcome as the child ages is fear of failure. He must be successful in order to prove he is worthy of parental approval. Another outcome may be that he will begin to see everyone as morally inferior because everyone falls short of his family's high standards. Or he may become so hateful towards his upbringing that he rejects all forms of authority. Authoritarian parents can be verbally abusive, emotionally abusive, and even physically abusive. I've seen all of those traits. Uh, I've witnessed them in uh, some people. Permissive parenting, this is the other model, is not concerned with suppressing evil or elevating good. It focuses on developing a positive environment for the child. This sounds good at first, but it usually leads to the kind of parenting that is centered on the child at the expense of morality. This eventually leads to a child that is egocentric, manipulative, and destructive. If the child doesn't get what he wants, he will throw a tantrum until the parent complies. Permissive parents become exhausted trying to satisfy the wants and desires of the child and will usually give in to the child to avoid conflict. This leads to toleration of wrong behavior as a coping mechanism. Toleration of rebellion will destroy family relationships and family members. As the child ages, he will not only demand whatever he wants from his parents, he will also expect people outside of his family to placate his every demand as well. Families and communities that bolster this thinking eventually spiral into hedonism and lawlessness. And by the way, that's kind of where our culture is at. There's a lot of permissive parenting going on right now, whereas in the past, it was very authoritarian. We've shifted as a culture. I mean, there's still smatterings of both kinds, but um, there are shades and variations of each extreme. What we want to do is to avoid extremes of either type of parenting. What we want to do is to raise children who love the Lord and love their family. We want them to do what is right morally because it flows out of a heart that is captured by the Lord. And so now I'm going to go into some biblical examples of authoritarian and permissive parenting. But any questions so far, I just threw a lot of stuff at you. If anybody has anything. Okay. Um, the first example is an example in the Bible is authoritarian parenting. And that's in 1 Samuel 14. And instead of uh, reading the, uh, the whole chapter, let me, um, let me give you a kind of a, what's going on in 
1 Samuel 14. So Saul is king of Israel. He's the first king. And Saul is an authoritarian. Um, he is in trouble with God because he doesn't obey the rules that God gives him, but yet he makes rules for other people. So what's going on in uh, Samuel for, for, for Samuel 14 is Saul has gotten in trouble for disobeying the Lord and not carrying out the instructions the Lord gave him. But then Saul went to war against, it's probably the Philistines he was warring against, and um, he decides to make, his army is following him into war and he decides to make this it's a rash vow. In other words, he says, we can't eat any food all day long because he's, he's thinking that's going to please God. And by the way, God is not happy with Saul right now as a king, but we're not going to eat any food all day long and we're going to go against this army and nobody's going to get to eat until I, until I just decimate this army. And so the men, by the end of the day, are, are just uh, uh, famished, you know. Well, Saul's own son, Jonathan, wasn't at present when his father made that vow before the Lord that nobody can eat food all day. Jonathan's out fighting somewhere, and then he joins the rest of the army, and he's actually a pretty um, brilliant fighter. And uh, he's going through the woods, and he, he uh, takes some honey and eats some honey because he's, like, famished. And he's like, oh, man, it gave me some strength. And then later on, Saul found out that his son had eaten honey. Well, that's disobeying the law. And so Saul was going to execute his own son for disobeying his rules. That's authoritarian parenting. The, the rules had nothing to do with scripture. They had all to do with what Saul made up. And, and yet he had been disobeying God himself, but if anybody broke his rules, they would be severely punished. So that's an extreme example of authoritarian parenting. So. All right, and uh, kind of, I don't need to read that because I told you what he was doing. Um, let's do First Samuel, the second chapter of First Samuel. This is an um, example of permissive parenting. Uh, are you, this is earlier than Saul. Um, are you, is everybody familiar with Eli? If not, I'll give you sort of a, okay, I'll give you a, a little bit of a, okay. <laughs> so Eli was, uh, I love the Old Testament, by the way, so that's where my examples are going to come from. Uh, Eli was the high priest of Israel, so he's responsible for the religious um, purity of Israel. His own sons were pretty crooked. They were embezzling, well, it wasn't money, but they were embezzling, um, how can you say it? When people brought uh, sacrifices to the Lord, these guys would take out the best meat for themselves, and so and they're they're um, so they're disrespecting God. They're taking things by force. Um, they're having sex with women in the temple, in the tabernacle. Maybe they were uh, forcefully. Maybe it was rape. I don't know. They were evil, and they had been. Uh, and their dad is like, Eli's like, oh, sons, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> so it finally came to a point where God sent a prophet and said, basically, your sons are dead. They are going to die on the same day. And uh, I'm going to take away the priesthood from you. And so basically, God put a, a command, uh, basically a curse of death on these boys. They were so bad. 
because they they were corrupting Israel. They were taking advantage of people. Um, so, but Eli was a permissive parent. It's like he didn't train his children and he didn't really um, punish them when they were doing wrong. And, and these guys are grown men, but they had grown up that way, getting what they wanted. So that's my idea of permissive parenting. So, all right. So here's what we need to aim for for our children. And this is Micah 6, 8. He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. And that's King James. That's Sometimes that's harder to understand. But basically, this verse is giving us um, some ideas. Justice, he has shown thee what is good to do justly. He wants us to do justly and to love mercy. So justice, we... Um, we often think of justice as punishment, but biblical justice is not really focused on a penal code like authoritarian parents are. Justice is trying to put broken things back in order. That's more of the biblical idea of justice. And we also need to walk in mercy. Now, mercy doesn't mean re ignoring rebellion. That's what permissive parents do. Uh, mercy is a loyal love for God and others. So having mercy on people is treating them the way they should be valued because of God. God values people. Um, and then we want to walk humbly in God. So we want to depend on, uh, on God and not, <laughs> it's kind of harsh, not the slum life of our present cultural norms. So our, our culture right now is pretty permissive. But then we have, and I say here, we also don't want to fall into the religious slavery of some denominations. Some denominations are very religious, very, very authoritarian compared to our, so we've got this back and forth. We got permissive, our culture is very permissive, very tolerant, unless you don't agree with our culture, then they're not tolerant. And then we've got churches that are acting the same way, but they're very authoritarian, not all churches. I don't want to lump all churches that way, but we certainly have a lot of problems. Um, so, questions? Yes? You said, uh, you talk about justice, mm -hmm. and um, it's not what we think it is, just putting broken things back in the order. Can you give an example of what that is? Just kind of flush that out a little bit more. Mm. That's a good question. What is justice? Uh because we often think justice means punishing people under the law, but um, what is just, what would be good biblical? I'm trying to think of a, why would you ask such a good question? So you said, I knew I'd get, so before when we were eating lunch, somebody was asking us a question on parenting and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know the answer to that. This is, this is how it's gonna go, isn't it? Well, that's okay, because you said, oh, that we should know is that you aren't perfect. So. <laughs> and, and you know that, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of a good, quick... Um, you just said repairing, taking broken things and putting it back in Yeah. That's... Okay, so... okay. let's put it in a parenting context? No, I like what your question is. This is really good. Okay, so this is kind of outside of parenting, but if you look at... Uh, the 
Mosaic law in the Old Testament. It, it's about managing sin and keeping a community clean. They're not going to be perfect, but at least there's all these rules and regulations that God had is because he wanted to dwell among them. So he was putting their, they had come out of 400 years of slavery in Egypt in an idolatrous country. And so he's, his justice is put, is bringing that law. It's, it's not about, necessarily always punishment, but it's about bringing their culture to a place where he can dwell among them so that they can um, re be repaired as a people. I don't know if that's a, that might be one idea. Say, sorry, I'm, I, yeah. it's hard with biblical terms sometimes. Mosaic law, is that like the Ten Commandments? Are you talking about when the Israelites are in the desert? Leviticus. Like, is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, okay. I'm talking about, well, yeah. <laughs> we often, yeah, now we're getting into this. Some theological stuff. We often think the law only means the, the commandments that Moses laid down, well, that God gave to Moses, the Ten Commandments, plus there's like 432 commandments along with that, you know. But the a Jewish person, when you say the word Torah, it we think it means law, but what they realize is it meant Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the life of the kings, it, it, their, their Torah meant the life that God gave to Israel, and it's all the stories compacted in that. It's not just those commandments. We often think, oh, the law is just the commandments, but a Jewish person would know it's a, a much bigger thing. So, so justice is, if I could reframe <laughs> yeah. what you were saying, it's yeah. kind of like, Everything's kind of breaking apart, and justice tries to hold it all back together so that it stays intact. Yeah, from what I understand, and I don't have one verse on that. I'm, like I'm, I'm thinking bigger. People, it's to just kind of keep you intact because you, you're gonna be broken anyways. You're gonna want to kind of stray out. Yeah, that's what I'm getting from you, baby. Yeah, I've I've heard it like explained like um, the law is like rules to a game. So, like, if you play the game of baseball, if you don't have rules, then nobody knows what they're doing, and then yeah. it's not, like, it's not fun, but if everyone, if everyone knows the rules and everyone follows the rules, then there's more freedom to have fun. Right. Game, that sort of thing. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's, yeah, and what I'm saying is justice is bigger than law. Right. It's putting everything back together. Yeah. Uh, Seth. Yeah. It just reminded me of, so, like, God is just, and God is love, and Paul says, love builds up. So I was mm. connecting those two. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And I'm sorry I don't have a good definition of that because I'm, I'm kind of realizing that now in some of the stuff I'm learning about what the biblical word justice means. Uh, in this community, and I, I'm not Mennonite. Is anybody here Mennonite? Or? Okay. So I, okay. <laughs> I, I'm not capping on Mennonites, but the uh, around here... Peace and justice is more like almost liberal politics in a lot of ways rather than the biblical justice I see in, in Scripture. And I'm, I, I don't mean to be mean. I'm just saying, you know, peace and justice is, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot more to it in the Bible than, than what I'm seeing in, in this community. But I'm an outsider, but maybe that makes it easier for me to see because <laughs> I'm not a Mennonite. I didn't grow up here. Um, so... How would you incorporate justice in parenting and like what's like a fairness example? 
with hope. Like um, giving kids to make, like, do you make things fair? Is that the same as justice? Or is it more just like... Hmm. Well, I'm used to telling life isn't fair. That's one of my sayings. <laughs> um, I guess I wasn't fair. For instance, um, uh, <laughs> okay, I won't use names, but you could look at one child just like, that's wrong, and they would just go. And another child would need to be disciplined. <laughs> I'll, I'll say Leia would melt. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to name names, but Leia would melt. Tim and Hadessa needed discipline. <laughs> um, so I wasn't fair, but yet they still had a stand. They all, like, if they weren't supposed to, um, what would be a, if they're all supposed to go to bed at a certain time. And let's, I'm making this up because I don't remember this, but let's say Alea kept coming downstairs and I'm like, and I just look at her and she's like, oh, and then she goes to bed. Whereas if Tim came down, he might have to, uh, he, we might have to take a privilege away or something, you know. I, so that isn't fair, but the standard is the same. You need to go to bed because it's good, you know, it's good for your health. I'm not sure if I'm answering yeah, your question. Question, yeah. 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 So it kind of depends on the child. Yeah. No Except the standard, the standard doesn't change. Yeah. The standard doesn't change. Like none of you could play in the street because you'd get hit by a car. But you, if you ran out in the street, I might say, don't you do that again for your own good. And you wouldn't. But if, and this didn't happen, I'm making this up. But if Hadessa went out and went out again, <laughs> and, <laughs> Uh, then she might get a spank or something. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. but the standard is I want you protected. I don't want you getting hurt. And and my my commandment was don't go out in the street. So fairness would have been that you would have got spanked and you and you you know what I mean. But what I'm saying is each child is different. So I wasn't quite fair, but the standard was the same. Hope that that's a good question. Boy, I'm gonna. This is gonna be. A, it's gonna be a long eight weeks for me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so, what about so with like discipline and negative reinforcement versus explaining and trying to help them understand why it's dangerous? Yeah. What's your stance on That's that? That's good. That's coming up, but I'll give you a little. Um, there are different ages. Um, I don't know which week it is. This is eight weeks, but one of the weeks I'm gonna go over. Uh, there's three different stages. I, uh, the material we had, there's four different stages of childhood. And, but for me, there's about three. And when they're little, they just need to know, you don't have to be mean, but they ha you have to be the authority because you're protecting them. Because they don't understand. They don't understand. And then that's called the, the uh, basically the, tr I think I call it uh, the loving authority phase or whatever. And then there's another phase where you're more like coaching when they're teenagers. You know, and then when they're in their 20s, then you can be friends. You, you can't be friends with a two-year-old. It, it doesn't work. And I've seen that. And you can't tell a 20-year-old, you can't treat him like a toddler. That's so disrespectful. And I've seen that. I've seen parents do it backwards, trying to be friends with a little kid and then training, treating their older kids like toddlers. That's so offensive. Both, they don't work. So, yeah, it depends on the, the age. 
and where they're at. Because I, yeah, you can't explain sometimes. They're too little to even understand all the reasoning. But there will come a time when you do need to give them reasons, right? Because they, they need to know. It, yeah, it, if I'm talking to a 12-year-old and, and I say, you do what I tell you because I'm your dad. No, that doesn't work anymore. They need to know why. And they need to have a good reason. Because they're, they're developing and they're f beginning to function. You want them to function and think for themselves. I hope that makes sense. But. Yes, yeah. Is there? Dr. Dobson says, like, you're, you shouldn't be friends with your kid. But what you're saying is, there's a time to be their parent, and there's a time where they're kind of becoming like a peer in Christ. And the yeah. So, like, we do be friends. Yes. Um, as my children got around, it, it wasn't like I had, oh, you're 18, now you can be my friend. But it was around that 18-ish, 20 it's like, there's... As, you, as they get older, there's things they know. I started learning stuff from my children. I'm like, wow, that's really good. You know, like Tim and Alea or Hadessa, if we go out, they're my, they're my peer. I'm not their authority anymore. I mean, they, they ask me questions because we have a relationship where they know that I'm, I care about them, but I don't tell any of them what to do. I, they may ask advice and I'll say, hey, I think this is a good idea or whatever, but but a two-year-old, you can't say, well, I think you should choose from these five ideas. But a 20, yeah, a 23-year-old, you know, it's like, wow, you know, what do you think? And, and sometimes they tell me stuff. I'm like, wow, I didn't know that. That's good. So I, I enjoy, I've enjoyed every phase, but it's really fun to be at the stage where they're telling me things that uh, I just don't know. And I'm like, that's really great. I, I'm glad to learn that. And I'm glad I can be friends with them. Talk about yeah. investment. Yeah. Yeah. Teaching your teachers. Yeah. Yeah. Those are good questions. Should we do the questions at the... Let's do the questions at the end. And you, you could do these questions more at home if you want to. So you don't have to volunteer any information. But... Um, because I want to be very careful, like I said here in this first one, the, these questions aren't meant to dishonor your parents, okay, because your parents did the best they could. So, and I don't expect anybody to answer this. Maybe I can answer some of them, but were you raised in either extreme? Were you raised in the authoritarian model or the permissive model? And I could tell you my background if because no, I don't want anybody to feel like you were you were raised oh, authoritarian. Yeah. <laughs> That's as good to say. Well, there is going to be a week where uh, I'm going to leave, and people can ask. I'm going to have all five of my kids here, and they can ask them whatever they want, and I won't be here, so they won't be under pressure. So I'm going to do that. Yeah. So. As far as I can tell, when I was a young kid, I was probably in a permissive family. But um, when my, and, and again, this is not, I'm not putting my parents down. Uh, when my, I was about seven, my mom remarried and my stepfather was very much more authoritarian. And again, they did the best they could. So I think my first, my real father, but I don't remember him, was probably, I probably, there was no rules probably. And then the authoritarian came in and boy, he locked down, especially a seven-year-old kid that wasn't his own. So that was, we had some clashes. 
So I've kind of had a taste of both. However, at, at the, the last question it says, is there anything redeeming from your upbringing? I kind of, it's kind of cool that my, my stepfather stepped in because um, my real dad, who I got to know when I was in my 20s, um, I think there would have been, I think I needed my stepfather's harshness to kind of shore some things up in my life, if that makes sense. I wish both of them would have had a biblical understanding, but they, I don't, they didn't. So that's why I'm not dishonoring them. I'm just saying I've kind of had a taste of a probably more authoritarian upbringing, a kind of anger-based, you know. So, but then my stepdad was dealing with a lot of stuff that I've only found out about as I've gotten older. So, so he did the best he could. So, so I try not to be dishonorable, but, um, how about, uh, if anybody else wants to say something, you can, um, but that's kind of what I grew up in. Um, again, maybe you should go over these questions yourself. Cause again, uh, you know, some of them are stuff you don't want to talk about publicly. Um, I think I would challenge you to think about how you're brought up. Maybe some things that, again, not to analyze your parents to put them down, but what should, what could they have done better? How can you change that? And that's what this course is about is, is writing your ship so that you can be the best parent that you can. And, and you'll still make mistakes. I mean, I've probably made most of them. My wife hasn't, but <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. So what's the right answer to how can you avoid it? <laughs> <laughs> can you avoid either extreme? Um, yeah, what I'm, we're going to try to do each week is, is that's a good question, was there, is give you biblical ideas so that you don't react. So that's my first story about Tim and pulling on the curtains. I was reacting because I was fed up with this little kid getting in my way, right? Because I wasn't being patient. And, and I didn't realize the difference between he was just being curious. To me, it was just he was getting him. He was, I had stuff to do. And then when I yelled at him, uh, and then I just realized that, that that was such a turning point for me. I'm like, this, I can't, we're not going to go this direction. So, uh, so avoid, so beginning to understand how to train your children rather than react to them. Because if you react to them, it's not going to be biblical training. If that, does that make sense? Yeah. But yeah, but you can't overlook, you can't, you have to, Identify what rebellion is or what childishness is. That's coming up. You know, there's there's a difference because childishness they don't know what they're doing. Rebellion is they know what they're doing, but you have to you have to deal with rebellion. So you can't be permissive where you let them get away with it, but you also don't want to um, overreact and 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 uh, be harsh or mean and you know crippling basically. So you don't want to be either authoritarian or permissive. You need to understand how to train. And again, that's coming up. Would it, would it be, I'm trying to like summarize what you're saying basically. Would it be basically like parenting from a proactive place rather than a reactive place? Yeah, that's a good, yeah, I never thought of that. Because like, like that. if you're only parenting when you're annoyed, then yeah. you're going to be harsher. Right. If you're, or if you're parenting when you're, like you're being proactive about parenting and setting standards and rules in place, yeah. then it's you're parenting with like a level head and not an emotional. 
emotional yeah. response, right? Right. Have, exactly. Having boundaries up so that, and then training. If you're training because of, if a child is rebelling against a boundary that you've placed, first of all, it has to be a boundary that's biblical, not just like what Saul did. Oh, we can't eat all day. You know, was stu- that was a stupid boundary. But you put the boundary in place and then you have to train towards that. But if you know you're training, you're not angry. See, I was angry. And what I realized is I have to train. We both have to be, my wife and I have to be in, have the same standards, have the same um, boundaries to protect our children. And then if they miss those boundaries, we, we train them, in, you know, in order for their own good. Yeah. When you're angry, you're going to overreact. You're, you, you're going to start moving into abusiveness. So. You look like you're thinking. Well, yeah, I'm just yeah. I'm thinking about with your reaction, then it turns into basically, you can't exist because you're inconveniencing my life right now. Exactly. And I didn't, this isn't part of the parenting, but that's a good point. Is as um, I started realizing right away as a dad, if you're, you want your kids around, so things are going to take about twice as long as they used to. When you're, when you're single and you got this job to do, it might take an hour. Well, if you're going to have a kid with you, it's going to take two hours. Maybe it won't. But once I realized that, I'm like, well, I do want my child to be with me and I want them to learn. And they're not inconvenient. Yeah, it is going to slow me down. But I started to go, okay, not expecting to get things done as much. It, 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 that was a, so that's not even in the lesson plan, but you just made me think of that. So I just kind of realized that as a dad, you know. So then you have to choose to do less at that point? Or, <laughs> <laughs> or you just, you know, just, and I'm very task-oriented, so some things are like, well, this, hopefully we get it done, but if not, you know, you got a little kid over there nailing stuff, and it's not even helping, but they're next to you. And then you're like, oh, this is really cool. And you might have to go take the nails out because they're in the wrong place later on, but if they want to be next to you nailing stuff, while you're, you know, then just, it's, it's like, okay, this is cool. But nobody trained me that. I just kind of learned it as, as I went like, okay, it's, it's just going to take longer and that's okay. So that's not even in the, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. It's kind of like realizing that relationship is more important than the task in front of you. Yes. And my wife's family is very relational and my family was very task oriented. They're, they're good people, but I know. But I had to, I learned a lot from her family being very relational. So, yeah. Cool. These are good. Any more questions? Okay, cool. Great job, Dad. Thank you. Yeah, you did. You crushed it. Yep. Um, and not, not all the questions are. We only covered some of the questions that are on the actual paperwork. If oh, yeah. People. Yeah, we have paperwork. Yes. Yeah. Now you guys know permissive authoritarian, and you're going to want to answer these questions yourself that you have on right. your worksheet. I think we kind of did some of them in the recording. In the recording. But, yeah. but there's additional ones. And then I asked a question about, about justice, yep. Yep. which I answer in week two. Yes. So you'll have to stay tuned for that. So um, cool. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you have any questions, reach out Timmons Podcast at gmail.com. 
Um, probably the best way to get to me, though I don't check it all the time. I will eventually message you hours, days, years later. Has Aunt Tammy forgiven you for not sending her? Have you not sent it yet? All right, folks. Thank you guys so much for <laughs> tuning in. And she, you need to give her some information. Have a wonderful <laughs> rest of your day. Okay. Peace uh, out. We'll see you on week two. Yeah. Bye. 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 Bye.